0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Mr. Dog Podcast, where we read Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. Payne wrote three books of hollow tree stories, one for each of his three daughters. The last story in the series is called Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn, and it's that wonderful final story that has been read aloud in my family for three generations now, every Christmas Eve. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That's So Enterprises. <music> last time on the show, we heard about Mr. Dog's run-in with a menagerie, when he went to the circus and found out what can happen to an animal if he's not careful. Well, today on the show, Mr. Coon tells a story that has to do with menageries, too, and how he came pretty close to ending up in one himself. It's set when Mr. Coon was quite young, so you'll notice that he's talking about a different Mr. Dog than the one that we know. Also a little piece of vocab for our young listeners, you might notice the word and iron. That's an iron bar that goes in the fireplace. You put your wood on it, so you can get better air circulation, and a bigger fire. Alright, let's dive right in. Here we have the second hollow tree story. You can tell about Mr. Coon now. The story you didn't tell last night, you know. The little lady wriggles herself into a comfortable corner just below the storyteller's smoke and looks deep into a great cavern of glowing embers between the big old andirons, where in her fancy she can picture the hollow tree people and their friends. Why, yes, let me see, says the storyteller. Mr. Dog had just told about being at the menagerie, you know, and Mr. Coon was just going to tell how he came very near getting into a menagerie himself. Ah, yes, of course. Well then, all the hollow tree people, the coon and possum and the old black crow, and their friends who were visiting them, Mr. Dog and Mr. Robin and Jack Rabbit and Mr. Turtle and Mr. Squirrel, knocked the ashes out of their pipes and filled them up fresh. No, they had just done that. Well, that's so. I forgot. Well, anyway, as soon as they got to smoking and settled back around the fire again, Mr. Coon told them his story and I guess we'll call it Mr. Coon's Early Adventure. Mr. Coon said he was quite young when it happened, and was taking a pleasant walk one evening to think over things a little, and perhaps to pick out a handy tree where Mr. Man's chickens roosted, when all at once he heard a fierce bark close behind him, and he barely had time to get up a tree himself, when a strange and very noisy Mr. Dog "'was leaping about at the foot of the tree, making a great fuss, "'and calling every moment for Mr. Man to hurry, "'for he had a young coon treed. "'Of course, I laid pretty low when I heard that,' Mr. Coon said, "'for I knew that Mr. Man would most likely have a gun. "'So I got into a bunch of leaves and brush "'that must have been some kind of an old nest, "'and scrooched down so that none of me would show.' Then by and by, I heard some big creature come running through the brush, and I peeked over a little, and there, sure enough, was Mr. Man with a long gun, and I noticed that he wore a thing on his head, a sort of hat, I suppose, made of what looked to be the skin of some relative of mine. Of course, that made me mad. I hadn't cared so much until I saw that, but I said right then to myself that anyone who would do such a thing as that, never could be a friend of mine, no matter how much he tried. So I scrooched down and laid low in that old nest, and didn't move or let on in any way that I was there. Then I heard Mr. Man walking around the tree, and talking to his dog, and telling him that there wasn't anything up in that tree at all, and that Mr. Dog had just been fooling him. I could tell by his voice that he was getting pretty mad at Mr. Dog, and I hoped that he'd get mad enough pretty soon to take a stick to him for chasing me up a tree like that and then calling for Mr. Man to come and see me when there wasn't really anything to look at. But that Mr. Dog kept galloping around the tree and barking out over and over that I was there, that he had seen me, and that he knew that I was hiding up there somewhere. Pretty soon I heard Mr. Man going away, and I peeked over again. Well, sure enough he was going, but Mr. Dog was staying right there, sitting under the tree and looking up, making a good deal more noise than there was any need of to let me know he hadn't gone. I didn't see why he stayed there. I wished he'd go away and tend to his own business. Being quite young, I still lived with my folks over near the wide grasslands. And I wanted to get home for supper. It was a good way to go, for the tree I had climbed was over close to the edge of the world, where the sun and moon rise. And you all know that's a good way, even from here. Well, he didn't go, but just sat there barking up that tree. And after a long time, I heard somebody coming again. And I peeked over, and there was Mr. Man hurrying back, and this time with an axe. I knew right then there was going to be trouble. I knew they were going to cut that tree down, and that I should most likely have quite a fuss with Mr. Dog, and perhaps go home with a black eye and a scratched nose, and then get whipped again for fighting after I got there. Mr. Coon stopped, and knocked the ashes out of his pipe and filled it up fresh, and all the others knocked the ashes out of their pipes and filled them up fresh too, And then Mr. Possum poked up the fire and told Mr. Turtle to bring a stick of wood from downstairs. When it was blazing up high and bright again, they all stepped over to the window a minute to see how hard it was snowing and banking up outside. Then they went back to their chairs around the fire and stretched out their feet and leaned back and listened to the rest of Mr. Coon's story. Mr. Coon said he didn't like the sound of that axe when Mr. Man began to cut the tree down. Every time he struck the tree, I could feel it all right through me, he said, and I knew if he kept that noise up long enough, it would give me a nervous headache. I wished the tree would hurry up and drop, so we could have what muss we were going to, and get it over with. I'd have got out of that old nest nest and made a jump for another tree if there had been any near enough. But there wasn't, so I just laid low and gritted my teeth and let him chop. Well, by and by, that tree began to go down. It seemed to teeter a little at first, this way and that. And then it went very slow in one direction. And then it went a little faster. Then it went a good deal faster. Then I suddenly felt like a shooting star I came down so fast, and there was a big crash. And I thought I had turned into a lot of stars, sure enough and was shooting in every direction. And the next I knew I was tied to a tree, hand and foot, and around the middle. And mister Dog and mister Man were sitting and looking at me, and grinning, and talking about what they were going to do. mister Man wasn't scolding mister Dog any more. He was telling him what a good thing that it was they had caught me alive, for now they could sell me to a show, and get a great deal more for me than they could for my skin. I didn't know what a show was then, or that a show is a menagerie, but I know now, and I can see just what they meant. Well, pretty soon Mr. Man told Mr. Dog to stay there and watch me, while he went home after a box to put me in. He said he didn't think it would be safe to carry me in his arms, and he was right about that. So then Mr. Man walked off and left Mr. Dog guarding me and saying unpleasant things to me now and then. At first I wouldn't answer him, but pretty soon I happened to think of something pleasant to say. Mr. Dog, I said, I know a good story, if you'd like me to tell it. Mr. Man may be a good while getting that box, and maybe you'd like to hear something to pass the time. Well, Mr. Dog said he would. He said that Mr. Man would most likely have to make the box, and he didn't suppose he knew where the hammer and nails were, and it might be dark before Mr. Man got back. I felt a good deal better when I heard Mr. Dog say that, and I told him a story I knew about how Mr. Rabbit lost his tail, and Mr. Dog laughed and seemed to like it and said, Tell me another. Before Mr. Coon could go on with his story, Mr. Rabbit said that Of course, if that old tale had helped Mr. Coon out of trouble, he was very glad, but that it wasn't at all true, and that sometime he would tell them himself the true story of how it happened. Then they all said that he hoped they would, for they'd always wanted to hear that story told right. And then Mr. Coon went on with his adventure. Mr. Coon said that when Mr. Dog said, tell me another, he knew he was in a good humor, and he and that he felt better and better himself. I thought, if Mr. Man didn't come back too soon, he said, I might get along pretty well with Mr. Dog. I know another story, Mr. Dog, I said. The funniest story there is. It would make you laugh until you fell over the edge of the world. But I can't tell it here. Why, he said. Why can't you tell it here as well as anywhere? Because it has to be acted, I said and my hands are tied. Will you tell it if I untie your hands, said Mr. Dog? Well, I said, I'll begin it, and you can see how it goes. So Mr. Dog came over and untied my hands, for he said he could tie them again before Mr. Man came back, because he knew Mr. Man hadn't found that hammer yet. You can't get loose with just your hands untied, can you? he said. No, of course not, Mr. Dog, I said, pleasant and polite as could be. Let's see you try, said Mr. Dog. So I twisted and pulled, and of course I couldn't get loose. Now tell the story, said Mr. Dog. So I said, once there was a man who had a very bad pain in his chest, and he took all kinds of medicine, and it didn't do him any good. And one day the old wise man of the woods told him that if he would rub his chest with one one hand and pat his head with the other, it might draw the pain out of the top and cure him. So the man with the pain in his chest tried it, and he did it this way. Then I showed Mr. Dog just how he did it, and Mr. Dog thought that was funny and laughed a good deal. Go on and tell the rest of it, he said. What happened after that? But I led on as if I had just remembered something and said, "'Oh, Mr. Dog, I'm so sorry, but I can't tell the rest of that story here. And it's the funniest part, too. I know you'd laugh till you rolled over the edge of the world.' "'Well, why can't you tell the rest of that story here as well as anywhere?' said Mr. Dog, looking anxious. "'Because it has to be acted with the feet,' I said. "'And my feet are tied.' "'Will you tell it if I untie your feet?' said Mr. Dog. "'Well, I'll do the best I can,' I said. "'So Mr. Dog came over and untied my feet. "'He said he knew that Mr. Man hadn't found the nails or the pieces to make the box yet, "'and there would be plenty of time to tie me again before Mr. Man got back. "'You can't get loose anyway with just your hands and feet untied, can you?' he said. "'No, of course not, Mr. Dog,' I said. "'more pleasant and polite than ever.' "'Let's see you try,' said Mr. Dog. "'So I squirmed and twisted, "'but of course with a strong string tied around my waist, "'I couldn't do anything. "'Now go on with the story,' said Mr. Dog. "'Well,' I said, "'the pain left his chest, but it went into his back, "'and he had a most terrible time, "'until one day the old wise man of the woods came along, and told him that he thought he ought to know enough by this time to rub his back where the pain was and pat his head at the same time to draw it out the top. So then the man with the pain rubbed his back and patted his head this way, and I showed Mr. Dog how he did it, and I rubbed a good while about where the knot was and made a face to show how the man with the pain looked, and then I said the pain came back into his chest again instead of being drawn out at the top, and I changed about and rubbed there a while, And then I went around to my back again, chasing that pain, first one side and then the other. And then I said that the old wise man of the woods came along one day and told him that he must kick with his feet, too, if he ever wanted to get rid of that pain. Because, after all, it might have to be kicked out the bottom. And when I began to kick and dance with both feet and rub with my hands at the same time, Mr. Dog gave a great big laugh, the biggest laugh I ever heard anybody give and fell right down and rolled over and over, and did roll off the edge of the world, sure enough. I heard him go clattering into a lot of brush and blackberry bushes that are down there, and just then I got that back knot untied, and I stepped over and looked down at Mr. Dog, who had lodged in a briar patch on a shelf about ten feet below the edge, where Mr. Man would have to get him with a ladder or a rope. "'Do you want to hear the rest of the story, Mr. Dog?' I said. "'I'll story you,' he said, "'when I catch you.' "'I told you you'd laugh till you fell off the edge of the world,' I said. "'I'll make you laugh,' he said, "'when I catch you.' "'Well, then I saw he was cross about something, "'and I set out for home without waiting to say goodbye to Mr. Man, "'for I didn't want to waste any more time, "'though I missed my supper and got a good scolding besides.' But I was glad I didn't bring home a black eye and scratched nose. And I'm more glad than ever now that Mr. Man didn't get back in time with that box. Or I might be in a menagerie this minute, instead of sitting here telling stories and having a good time on Christmas Day. The storyteller looks down at the little lady. I'm glad Mr. Coon didn't get into the menagerie, aren't you? she says. Very glad, says the storyteller. He went lickety-split home, didn't he? He did that. I like them to go lickety-split better than lickety-cut, don't you, says the little lady. They seem to go so much faster. Ever so much faster, says the storyteller. That's our show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with a new episode in two weeks. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud if you'd like a notification when we have a new show for you. And in the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, please give us a rating on iTunes and let your friends know, too. You can follow Mr. Dog on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love it if you dropped us a note there to say hi. Our handle is at Christmas. For more about Mr. Dog, please go to MrDogsChristmas.com. Again, that's MrDogsChristmas.com. This has been the Mr. Dog podcast, a presentation of That So Enterprises. I'm Henry Cortes.